Okay, today's daf is Shabbos daf Memches. We are beginning the, the, the parak of, of Bamet Taimnin, doing Hatmana on Shabbos, and that is on Memzayin and Beis the Mishnah. So we mentioned on the onset of at the onset of the parakira, there are several ways where a person can have hot food on Shabbos. One of them was you know leaving something on the fire before Shabbos that was called shiha. We spoke about putting something back on the fire that would be chazara, and the third way was Hatmana. You wrap something up in some type of material, and that way it stays warm through Shabbos. So now, before we learn uh, this parak, there's two different things going on here. In Hatmana, there's a concept of Hatmana before Shabbos, and this was actually a a sugya earlier on, that a person is not necessarily allowed to do Hatmana even before Shabbos. Why is that? Because let's say a person would do Atmana before Shabbos and he would use material that is Moisif Hevel. It increases the heat. We're going to see what type of materials they would use, maybe hot sand or something that would keep this pot you know, hot and it would, it would actually get it hotter over the course of it being uh, time main in it. So there was a concern, Midrabanon, that you would do it with remets. You would actually use coals to heat to to wrap up your pot and what would be the problem if i heat it up with coals so we know there'll be a problem of shami yechate that if a person was able to do hatmana with coals so there'll be a and because of that there's another gzera don't be don't do hatmana that's shemais of hevel anything that adds heat to to the uh, pot you cannot wrap it in totally and based on this we're going to get to using a crock pot um, wrapping food with a towel that's actually on a blech isn't that also increasing the heat so that that's where the shiloh comes from so that's sugi number one sugi number two which sounds the same but has nothing to do with each other is that there's a iser of doing hatmana on shabbos itself now when you're doing hatmana on shabbos it doesn't make a difference if it increases the heat or if it just maintains the heat even if it merely maintains the heat one cannot do hatmana on shabbos you can't wrap something on shabbos if it's going to keep the heat so what's the problem with that so since a person is trying to get hot food on shabbos and he's busy so we're chazal we're concerned that the food's not going to get hot he's going to now go put it on the fire he's going to now go turn on his turn on his oven to get it hot because this food is not working out so there's two separate things so there's before shabbos shiloh which is as long as it's not increasing the, the heat there's no problem and there's the on shabbos question that any type of hatmana, as long as we're going to define it as hatmana, it would be usher. So based on that, you can start thinking about different cases, putting a baby bottle into a, submerging into a hot cup of water. Uh, can a person do suvi before Shabbos? It's hatmana, you're putting it in a, uh, a bath of water and staying there the entire, you know, for a few hours over Shabbos. It's increasing the heat. Isn't that a problem of Atmana? So Lamir Tisham will get through. We'll, we'll try to uh, touch upon all these questions as we go through the daf. So there are many details of what exactly is Atmana. You'll see. Could be it has to be wrapped entirely. Uh, you know, maybe Atmana in food is not a problem. So you'll see different details as we move along this parak. Okay. So the mission about met timenin about in What could you do Atmana with, and what could you not do Atmana with? Now we're talking about Arab Shabbos before it gets dark. Rashi points out, so we're discussing which materials increase the heat and which ones won't increase the heat of your food. So, you can't use this pulp of fruits. Uh, that would actually increase the heat. Now with manure, now with 
salt, like the sid, paint, hull, uh, some type of sand. All these things you cannot use to, to wrap your food in before Shabbos. Bein lachen, whether it's moist, or bein evation, whether it's dry. So the, so the beginning of tomorrow's daf discusses what's the difference between wet and dry. So we'll see that later on. Veloy b'tevin, you can't use straw. Veloy b'zagin, you can't use uh, grape skins. Veloy b'moichin. Now moichin is going to come up in this daf. It's some type of soft material uh, that, that, you know, either it was cotton or soft wool. That type of substance, you cannot use it. Veloy b'asav, and you cannot use grass. So all these things you cannot use for hatmana, but these last few cases are dafka bizman shehin lachen. You can only, I only not allowed to use them when they are moist. I will turn them behind kishehin yavation when they're dried out. So then there's less heat that's going to, you know, be part of this. Now you would imagine these things sat in the sun, you know, during the day, and now you, there's some heat in it that's going to actually heat up your food. You have to figure out scientifically what exactly uh, was heating it up. But either way, we're just going to take it at face value that there were certain items that would always increase the heat of food that was put there. That's one thing. And then there's, another, then there's a differentiation in some of these between if it was moist or if it was dry. If they're dry, you're allowed to use it for hatmana. So Zatik Mar, Ibailu, they asked the following question. Gefes shall zaysen tanan. We said gefes, which means pulp. Is it pulp of zaysen, of olives? Like leftover olive, you know, pulp? And avodashumshin, but sesame pulp, which isn't as hot as your olive pulp. So shopper dummy, that'll be fine. I don't know, maybe not. Deshumshin tanan. All the mission said was was, um, was gefes, was, was pulp. So was it? The zaysin, which is very hot, and then sesame pulp would be fine. Or no, maybe dilma the shum shimintan. It's even telling me that sesame pulp would be a problem of hatmana. The cold skein the zaysin, and for sure the olive pulp would definitely be a problem. So let's see. He said over the name of someone from, from Rabbiana's yeshiva, Kupa Shetaman Ba. You had a box that had food in it. So imagine you took uh, food and you wrapped it up in cardboard. And what would you do with this? So You cannot put this on top of on top of pulp of olive. So you see from here, Shmamina, that even Shalzaisimtan, that I'm sorry, that only Shalzaisim, that olives would be a problem of of a um of hat of hatmana, right? Because only olives have this heat. However, shumshimin, but the sesame pulp. That is not as hot, and that would be fine. Now, this is not a classic example of Atmana. The classic example of Atmana is you wrap your pot with the item that's going to increase the heat. Here, you're not doing that. You have a box. Now, the box is not really increasing the heat, but the box is situated on top of material that makes it hot. And that material heats up the box, and that box is now insulating your food. So we're calling it Atmana. Very important in Allah. We're going to learn from here. So what do we see from here? We're trying to ask Akasha. We weren't sure what the Mishnah meant when it said Gefes. What is Gefes? Is it Gefes Shel Zaysim, which is, which is uh, very hot? But the Shumshimin, Gefes of Shumshimin, which isn't as hot, is totally fine. Or no, maybe Gefes meant Shumshimin. So we brought a riot from here that it says in this case we had a box and there was, a, there was food in this box, a pot of food in the box, and then you put the box on top of Zaysim. So then it's also because of Atmana. 
So you see that even Gefer Shel Zeisim is Asr. So the Gemara says, no, La'olamim Allah, I will tell you, La'inin Hatmana, Deshum Shemin Don't bring me a Raya that only Zeisim is a problem, but not Sesame. How do I know that? Maybe this case is different. This is not your classic example of Hatmana. When it comes to regular Hatmana, I would say, when you actually wrap your pot with this material, this pulp, I would say even Shum Shemin even Sesame Pulp, which isn't as hot, would be Asr. But La'inin, Asuki Hevla, which is this case. This case is Asuki Hevla, which means the heat from the bottom is going to rise and heat up this cardboard, this box that's surrounding the pot. In that case, you need a lot stronger heat to heat up the box around the pot. Avla Asuki Hevla, maybe the Zaysim are so hot, this olive pulp, that Maski Hevla. But the Shum Shemin Le Maski Hevla, but Sesame will not increase the heat of the box on top of it. So you have no raya. So for this for this sugya, it was a simple question and a tarot. We don't know if the Mishnah was referring to Gefes of Zaysim or Gefes of Shemashman. But what you see from this Gemara is that clearly when we say there's a problem of Hatmana with something that's Moisif Hevel that increases the heat, it doesn't mean it has to be that the material surrounding the pot increases the heat. You see from here, even if the the heat is coming from a different source, if it's wrapped, and the heat is coming, so then you have a problem. So the classic halacha would be from this, is let's say you take a, you have a, a pot of soup, and you put it on your black Friday night, and you wrap up the soup in a, uh, in a towel. Mayor? Okay, full start. <laughs> so, you have a question, Mayor? Okay, we can't hear you. So you could chat your question, text your question. So if you have a um, you have a pot of soup on the fire, you want to keep it hot, and you want to take a towel and wrap your soup in a towel and put it on top of the blech, so that would be a question. The question is, you have, it's hot tamana, it's in a towel. Yeah, but a towel is not making it hotter. If anything, it's, it's going to try to it's keep, it will keep it as warm as possible, but it's not going to increase the heat. However, it's in a place, it's on the blech. And this place on the blech is increasing the fire. So halach is in a chanam, we are machmir. A person is not allowed to take a towel, wrap it entirely, and put it on top of the blech if it's going to increase the heat. Similar question would be uh, a crock pot, you know, those type of things. So hector number one when it comes to wrapping your pot with a towel is that first of all, if you turn off the fire, so then the heat is slowly going down, that would not be a problem. A second thing, which is a, a good thing to know, we'll, we'll get to this as we move on in the parak, is that if something is not wrapped entirely, we'll figure out how you define that. But if it's not wrapped entirely, you leave a nice portion unwrapped, so that would not be called hatmana. And that's the psak of the Ramah. Now, Svardim, there's a machlekes, how the Svardim hold, but Ashkenaz and we passing like this, came out all the Paiskim, and that's why there's no Atmana in a crockpot. There's no, because your crockpot's not covered on top. That's what most Paiskim say that. Again, there are those that, that argue, but that's that's the classic psak. There is no uh, Atmana in a crockpot because the, the top of your pot is not covered. Yeah, the cover of the pot is not Atmana. Atmana means you're wrapping the actual pot. So when you put a towel on top of your, uh, you put a towel on top of your soup, on your blech, don't cover the entire thing or just shut off the flame. That would be uh, wise as well. Okay. If you put a, if you put a crock, if you put a towel 
on top of your crockpot, that would be that would, would that be a problem? Yes, because that would, that would be a classic hatmana because it's covered on all sides and it's increasing the heat. So a person who puts a towel on top of the crockpot, which is a second layer around the pot, you would have a problem. The only other heter there would be, when we talk about crockpots in detail, is that we're going to see that there's a little bit of space between the pot and the wall and the heating element and the, uh, the surrounding wall, if there's some space there, so that's not called hatmana. You know, a, a warming draw, or let's say a caterer's warming uh, warmers that caterers use. So many say, well, isn't that a problem of hatmana? Halachas, we paskin, that it has to actually be flush against the wall. If there's space there, so you're fine. So perhaps even if you put a towel on top of a crockpot, perhaps there's space there, but I've... Uh, it really depends on, on the crockpot. Okay, let's keep going. We'll, uh, we'll get to some more... Yeah, sure. You take aluminum foil and put it on top of as the cover and put the cover on top of aluminum foil. Would that be a problem? Uh, uh, so they're probably not. We're going to learn that hatmana has to be that you. This is, this is a good good shayla. But hatmana has to be that you're trying to keep it insulated. If you have a different purpose of why you're covering something, the the discusses you want to keep away the mice. Whatever yeah, so that, that might be a problem. Yeah, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to it, okay? It's, a, it's a, definitely a valid point. If someone's doing something specifically to keep it hotter, you know, that would be, that would be a Shiloh. Okay, next. Rabbov, Rabzeira, Iklola, Beirish, Galus. Rabbov and Rabzeira went up to, to the Reish Galusa. Chazulahu Avda. They saw the certain servant, the Anach Kuza. He had this jug of, of Maya, of water. Apuma de Kumkuma. So he put this jug of water on the... On top of this kumkum, the kumkum is this uh, water kettle, to warm it up. Now, he wasn't doing it to heat it up. He was only doing it to get it warm. So there was no problem of Bishul on Shabbos. So Nazhei Rabbah, Rabbah got upset at him. They are not allowed to do that. So Amalei Rabzeira, Maishna, why is this different? Mimecham agavi mecham, from putting a pot of water or another different type of kettle on top of another kettle, which we'll see in Andachman and Aleph, that it's fine. So why over here, are, are you saying it's also to put a keli of mayim on top of this mecham, on top of the kettle? So Amr Lei, so Rabba Torah, Zera Hasam, Ak Oikume Kamaikim. There, the, uh, the intent in that b'risa, when it says you're putting a mecham on top of another mecham, there you're just doing maintenance. You're just maintaining the heat of the top Jug. So you have one kettle on top of another kettle. All the bottom kettle is doing is just maintaining the heat of the top kettle. So it's not cooking it more. But hacha, you're increasing the temperature. So if you're increasing the temperature, we have a problem. It's going to get to Yatsalevis by and it's usser. Okay? So just by the way, from this Gemara, there is a Shiloh, let's say a person who wants to warm up something on top of a crockpot. So let's say you took a liquid that was never cooked yet. I don't know, you took a... Uh, you took something, a water, something that was never cooked, um, and you want to put it on top of your crock pot on Shabbos. So the question over there is, how hot is it going to get? Whenever it comes to Hilcha Shabbos, we know the heat, the temperature that, we, that we're concerned for is Yatsa Levisbai, that temperature. So we'll call it 112 degrees, maybe 110, something in that range. Now let's say it's a baby bottle, you're trying to feed a baby. You don't want it to get to 110 degrees. That's not a good idea. So you're only putting it there to take off the chill, to remove the chill. Now, halacha is like this. If it can't get to 110 degrees, there's no problem. It's not, there's no problem. If it's not going to get to that temperature, there is no problem. So you could, 
measure this. Do it on Friday. Get a, uh, a food thermometer and see how hot the liquid would get. In many scenarios, it won't get that hot. Depending on how slidey your, uh, your crock pot top is, it probably won't get that hot. But let's say it could get that hot. So over here, we're learning there's xera, at least xera drabanan, to put it there, even if you intend on removing it prior to it getting 110 degrees, by, by putting it there initially, there's xera, you might leave it on. Now, what if it's a different scenario? Other scenario would be, let's say this thing was pre-cooked already. If it was pre-cooked, so then there's a machlekes in the Rishonim, if there's bishalach or bishal by a davalach, by something that's liquid. So many parts can hold that a liquid, the, the being cooked is defined by being hot. If it's not hot anymore, so that's called cooking it again. However, we paskin, that, that's only a chumrah ba'alma, according to Rav Moshe and, and, and the, uh, the Chuvas Harash, but many of the Rishonim, that's just a chumrah that we don't do bishalach or bishal in a, uh, by a, by a davalach. So many of the paiskim want to say that perhaps when you have something that's already cooked and you intend on uh, removing it, prior to it ever getting hot, and you're not sure if it, how hot it gets, 110, 120, it's also together suffix, then what could be made called to put it on top of a crock pot, let's say you had a formula, which is pre-cooked already, or regular milk, regular uh, cow's milk is uh, pasteurized, unless you're one of those, uh, one of those people that gets non-pasteurized milk, but you get your typical store-bought milk is pasteurized, it's pre-cooked, so to put that on top of a crock pot, don't ask me, bust the hull of Shilas, so that would not be an issue, on Shabbos because it's pre-cooked. It's suffix, suffix if it's this bishalach or bishal, suffix if it's going to get Yatz Levis boy, and I don't even want it to get Yatz Levis boy. All these factors come up. So but it's based on this Gemara that you're putting something in a, in a place where it theoretically could get hot. Okay, that's one thing. Hadar Chazi, again, he saw that, the, so again, we're, we're discussing that Rab and Rab Zera are by the house of the Reish Galusan. They were seeing funny things going on here. So this, so now they saw the Eved was the Paras Das Toidar Apume de Kuva. He put a, uh, a, um, a towel, his, uh, his kerchief, on top of the pot, on top of the, uh, this, this uh, kettle on the fire, and now he put the ladle, the, imagine a, a pot of chicken soup, so he puts a towel on top, just on the top of it, then he put a ladle on top of the towel. And Nazil Rabba, so Rabba got upset at him again, so I'm like, Zera, Amai, what's your problem? So Amalei, hash the You'll see, don't worry, and you'll understand. Meaning, and, and the Poiskim and the Rishonim ask, what, Rabbah just sitting there while this person's Machal Shabbos? I mean, you, you know, wait and see, you'll see what I mean. Either way, the Gemara says, La Saif, what ended up happening was, Chazi had to come out to What he saw was that the Evid was squeezing, or he wanted to squeeze the towel. Since you put the ladle on top of the towel, the weight of the ladle, uh, you know, put, brought down the towel into the soup, that's, that, that towel became wet, and I was going to squeeze out the towel. So the Gemara says, Amarle, so Rabbi Zera said, what's the problem? Maishna, why do we say there's Xera to put a towel on top of a pot that someone might squeeze it? We're not concerned for that. We learn that from Mipranka. You had this uh, a shmata that they used to put on top of the barrel. Imagine you had a barrel, you had a shmata always on top of it, and no one ever said, it might get wet, you might squeeze it. So I'm going to lay like kapari lave. Over there, when it comes to that shmata, that's the use for it. There's a shulchan aruch, right? So that's what it's typically used for. No one's going to squeeze it out. So let's say you have a, a hand towel. You wash your hands, you know, for your al-natila uh, sadaim, and you wipe your hands in a towel. Aren't you concerned they're going to squeeze out the towel? So no, because that's how it's typically used. Or you, you wipe up a spill with a towel. There's another shaila of melabin, 
if you're cleaning it, if you have, you know, if you're wiping up water with your towel, is that called malabin? We'll get to that at a different time. But the concern that you're going to squeeze it, so nobody squeezes paper towels, nobody squeezes these shmatas. That's what it's made for. So in that case, when it's a shmata, nobody cares about the shmata. It's supposed to get wet. Don't worry about it. So I'm not concerned it's going to spill. But in our case, you're concerned that it's going to it's going to uh, get wet and you would squeeze it out. So let's say a person wants to put a has a towel draped on top of their pot and they want to put a ladle on top of it. Should they be concerned that it's going to weigh it down and spill? So yes, but that's only when this towel is something that you're so concerned about that you would start squeezing it on Shabbos. Most people, hand towels or I don't know, bath towels, whatever you're using, you don't care if it gets wet. It's a towel. So halachalamaisa, it's typically not practical. We could we could rely that the Gemara says over here, loy kapid ilave. Then the Mishnah said, You cannot use straw for hatmana erev Shabbos. So the Gemara says, Boy Yeah, these muchin, you have this um, what's it called? You have this uh muchin are these it's this material that is dried out, it's like a soft material, they call it a flock or something. So shetaman behen. Are you allowed to be metaltal b'shabbos? So imagine you have this wool or cotton that you use to wrap up your pots, and I, I used it, so can I move it on Shabbos? Now, what would be the problem? So these things, it's, it's the middle of the process. What you wanted to do with these muchen was you wanted to make material, clothing out of it. You didn't want to use it for, you know, to warm up your Shabbos food. That's not the way you use a fancy, uh, fancy material. So it would be muksa. Halacha is, if something has kalim that are l'schayra, merchandise, or that are in the process of something, t- typically it will be called muksa machmas chasar and kis. Again, food might be different and utensils might be different, but someone who has merchandise that you wouldn't use for other uses, that would be muksa machmas chasar and kis. The value of it, you know, is important, and it will be muksa. Now this person happened to be, he used it to surround this challenge with it, before Shabbos. So is that enough to say that this wool is no longer muksa? So Amalei Sabaya said, What? Because this guy couldn't come up with straw, which is the typical thing they would do for Atmana. So now he is being mafkir as kupo shamuchen. He's saying that this wool will forever be dedicated for wrapping pots. Now, it sounds like, let's say you have something that's muksa. In order for me to make something non-muksa, I have to dedicate it forever. That I have to say that this rock is always going to hold open my door. So the place can discuss this. So it really depends. If it's something that is never used to open a door, or it's not the typical use, then yes, in order for you to say that this rock or this uh, wool is now going to be used for a heter use in Shabbos, you have to dedicate it and earmark it for the rest of its life for Shabbos use. However, let's say something is typically used for, for other things, a rock. It's not so odd to use a rock to prop open a window. So even if you use it once, that's enough. You don't have to say that this rock will always be my rock for Shabbos. So that's how the place can, uh, you know, differentiate and understand this Gemara. But over here, nobody uses, you, you're going to be mafkir your wool forever, that this is always going to be my, uh, my heating material. It doesn't make sense. So I'll bring you a raya. So timelin begizet samar, uvegizet so you let it use uh, this this uh, sheared wool and these uh, and this spun wool 
and these other types of uh, agama and purples, ubemoichin, and it can use this moich, which is this uh, material. Just by the way, if you look at, um, we'll skip it. Ve'im uh, etalton, I say. So, according to this b'risa, you could be hatmana with gizet tzemer, tzipi tzemer, boshan shalgaman, ubemoichin. However, ve'im etalton, I say, just because you used it, doesn't mean they're not muksa. So I don't know how you figure out how to get your pot out of it on Shabbos, but either way, the actual material would be muksa. So they've arrived from this. The says, Imishim Hala area. If this is a raya, that's not a good raya. Because I could answer that this brysa is saying something else. Hachikamah. This is what the brysa is saying. Eloi Taman Bahen, if you do not use it for a hatmana, ain't metalton, my son. Then you cannot move it. However, if let's say I did use it for hatmana, maybe all I need to do is use it once, and that makes it that it's no longer muksa. So the Mar says, Yahachi Mailamemra. If that's true, so what's the chiddush of this brisa? Of course, it's muksa if you didn't use it for hatmana. So the Gemara says, Since you could sit on them, you could lay down on this fluffy material, right? It's relaxing. So maybe I would say that people do use it. That since it's dedicated for, for merchandise, it's in the middle of the process. So then it is indeed muksa unless you actually used it for hatmana. Let's go later. Now, once we mentioned this uh, material of, you know, the, the wool material that you would use for hatmana, all these other things, so we mentioned other halachas regarding this material. So Rav Chista was, was matter, he was shari, he said, it's udra, to return the wool, the, the feathers, the besadya b'shapsa, back into a pillow on Shabbos. So let's say a person's pillow Opened up and a bunch of feathers fell out. According to Rav Chista, you could stuff it back into the pillow on Shabbos. Now, what would the Shaila be? So we're going to see. So Rav Chana Chista asked Rav Chista. It says in the Brisa, Matirin based on Shabbos. So it used to be after your uh, you got your clothing back from the dry cleaners, they used to tie it in a knot, tying it together. So uh, tying the um, the the tzavar, the uh, collar together. So you're allowed to untie that on Shabbos. Why is that? So we're going to get to it in, when we discuss tying and untying kosher and matir, that if something is not a kesher shakayama, it's not even there to last a week. So your classic example is a necktie. A person's necktie is not a kesher shakayama. So then a person will be able to tie one on Shabbos and be matir on Shabbos. Same thing over here. So you're allowed to open up the base at Tzavar on Shabbos. Avaloi poishin. But let's say... The, the way the, the shirts used to work, you used to literally pop your head into it and you made yourself a hole for your neck. You cannot do that on Shabbos. Now, what will be the problem? This is a, one of the Lama Tesmolachos. It's called Makhneb Epatish. You're taking something that's, that's, that's almost usable and you're putting the final touch in it. So Makhneb Epatish in the base of Middash was slamming a piece of... Epatish a, a, a is a hammer. So you would slam with your hammer. You would slam metal, gold, silver. That's how you would finish it off. So anytime you're doing something that's finishing it you know, finishing the job, that is called makeh bepatish. You take something from, you know, 90% down to 100%, that's makeh bepatish. So the same thing over here, a person goes from, you have a shirt, but doesn't have a, a headspace, you pop, you know, put your head in, and now you got yourself a shirt, a functioning shirt, that's makeh bepatish. Okay, and the ain't noisness a moichin, and look what he says there. And he says you can't take this moichin, you can't take this material and put it loyal to hakar, veloyal to hakeses, beyantiv, vein sarachlemer b'shavas. And for sure, 
would you want to be able to do that on Shabbos? So not on Yom Tov, not on Shabbos. So how could Rav Chista tell me that you're allowed to do a Hadure Udra Lebe Sadi Shabbos? So you got to put this into the pillow on Shabbos. You see, the bride says you can't. So the Gemara says like Kashi didn't read it. He said you could return it, right? to return it. So like Kashi, when do we say it's Asr? That's when you're taking. Uh, material that was never used in this pillow, so you're making it fresh. So now you're you're, you're making a, a pillow out of this feathers. That's a brand new thing. That's makabapatish. How about tiki? This one's talking about something that was used. A, an example of this, which comes up, is putting shoelaces into shoes. So shoelaces, the makabapatish on shoelaces is to actually put them into shoes. Once they're put into shoes, so then that's makabapatish. So halacha is, a person is not allowed to take new shoelaces and put it into his shoes on Shabbos. Because if these shoelaces were not in this shoe, that's Makabipatish on this shoe. Again, this is not, we're not holding by the sugi of Makabipatish, we'll get into it later, but this is this example, where you have something that was was not here before, and that would be a problem of Makabipatish. A contemporary Shiloh, fascinating Shiloh, is let's say a person has a basketball, and you know it's in the garage, so assuming you're playing ball on Shabbos, okay, your, your, your children are playing ball on Shabbos, and you try to bounce the ball, missing air. Are you allowed to pump air back into the football or basketball on Shabbos? So on one hand, you could say, well, the, there was air in here before Shabbos. At some point, so I'm returning air to this ball. Right? If you take a brand new ball, squashed, no air in it, everyone agrees, putting in brand new air, that's makabapatish. I took this ball, and now, now it's a real ball. But what if there was ear here, ear in before, but now on Shabbos, you know, the ear is, uh, I got deflated. Can I add new ear to this ball on Shabbos? Machalik is in the place, Rishon Mazam Norbach, I think is Mekel. The Minchas Yitzchak is Machmir. You have a similar shadow with blowing balloons on Shabbos. So if you're just going to blow it and, it's, and you're just going to let it fly out, so that's not a problem. But uh, discussion of making an actual balloon on Shabbos. So if it had ear in it before Shabbos, you have the same head there, Rishon Mazam Norbach. That once there was air in here already, so it's not makabapatish. So interesting, based on this Gemara of returning versus putting in fresh material. Tani nami hachi a noisnin es hamuichin loy lotechakar vlotechakas es biyante vein tzarechlemer b'shabes. However, not sure if they fell out. So again, returning it is fine. Machzirunos b'shabes vein tzarechlemer biyante. Next, Amar Yehuda Marav hapaseach beisat tzarev b'shabes. Someone who opens up a a, a neck opening. In his uh, shirt on Shabbos, so you're literally there are there are situations like this. Many ponchos, you have to first you know break it open on Shabbos. Uh, not on Shabbos, you have to break it open in order to use it. So that would be an isuderaisa of makavipatish on Shabbos. You took something from a piece of uh, plastic material and now you made it into a poncho by breaking open the hole. So that would be a problem of makavipatish, typically. Okay. Matzkif lo Rav Kahana. So Rav Kahana asked the following question. So memches in the base. Why is this different than a magoifes of a chavis? So let's say you have a barrel, and in this barrel you have wine. So there's a Mishnah, which says you're allowed to literally take out a sword and you smash open the barrel in order to use the contents on Shabbos. So why is that different? So the shirt is all connected. And this is the first time you're opening it up. You're making it into a baguette. When it comes to the barrel, so the barrel was originally a good barrel. Then they sealed it. But you're not making it into a clee. It was always a clee. So since it was always a clee, it was originally a clee, by just knocking it off, by knocking off the top, that's not a problem. 
and it's not called Makar Bapatish. So based on this Gemari, again, you have to learn a few more sugas before you get to Halach Lamaisa. There's a discussion regarding opening a can of soda on Shabbos or you know, a tuna can on Shabbos. So this is, this, this Mishnah, again, the, the correct sugya is really daf, kuf mem vav, but based on this, you have the Taisvis here, that one is allowed to open, perhaps open a can of soda on Shabbos, based on the fact that, and I know because I actually go to Pepsi, so a can, you imagine, uh, you, take, you could literally take off the top, it's, it's heat sealed, but when they fill the soda, the, you have an open can, they fill it up, it goes to the next thing. The, the fascinating part is how come it doesn't overflow from all the fizz? If we would do it at home, you'd have all the fizz coming. I don't know, I don't know how they figure that out. But either way, it doesn't, doesn't pop out all the fizz, and it gets heat sealed with a, the metal top. But the actual can, if you wanted, you could drink from it. It's, it's a Kaylee. If you took it off the line, you have a 12-ounce can of Mountain Dew, you could drink it. There's no problem with it. It was a regular Kaylee. And then later on, it gets sealed. So that's exactly the case. Our Moshe Feinstein actually says this. That's exactly the case of this Megufas Chavis, where it was originally a barrel, then they sealed it. Halakha is allowed to smash it open on Shabbos. Again, there's more to discuss. Is making that opening, is that called a good Pesach? Again, but there is, you know, Yeshal Milismoich, Again, though, there are those that do open cans on Shabbos. Based on this Gemara, we're not paskening. We're just maramakam I'm just showing you that this this Gemara, this Taisvis, and a few other sugars and shas would uh, would be nagah. Just when it comes to plastic bottles, so that I think most places make that one could open plastic bottles on Shabbos, since both the plastic bottle and the plastic cap were kalim originally, so you're not making it into a new kalim. They were originally a kalim, and most Paiskim would be mekel. Again, there are those that are machmer, but uh, that's definitely the minog. You go, you go to your classic American home, they typically will open plastic bottles. Some are machmer, not to open cans. There's other shilas in cans, but plastic bottles, most would be mekel. Okay, well, we could dedicate a shear in a different uh, forum to discuss this in detail. Rabbi Le Rabbi Yirmiyah the Rabbi So Rabbi Yirmiyah had a steer to Rabbi At the time, we learned in a Mishnah, a Mishnah in uh, Mesechtas Para. Shalosh shall kaifsin. You have these uh, clothing that the the you know the dry cleaners they would tie it together in the laundromat they would tie it together, and in, in order that it wouldn't get lost. So we're gonna see what is called chibur, what is called connected. So you have a you know you have a bunch of shirts that are tied together. That's one thing. and you have a uh, a chain of keys. and you have a beggar that there was that they used a uh, that was strung together with kalayim. They used pishton uh, flax strings to tie a two begadim of tzemer together. So all these things chibur l'toma, we do consider them uh, connected. until you start opening up the knot. Once you start opening the knot, so then let's say the the, the sherets came and touched a one of these two begadim. So if they're still attached, so let's say you have two shirts that are attached to each other. So the shavits touches one shirt. So halacha is, tuma doesn't transfer from one begad to another begad. doesn't work like that. Because that begad becomes a risha on the tuma. It won't make a, a begad tame. It'll make food tame. However, if it's one begad, we don't say, oh, the sleeve is tame and the collar is tar. No, it's one begad. So while it's still attached and you didn't start untying it, halacha is, it is considered chibur l'tumah. But once you're yashcha lahatir, so once you were started untying it, then we consider it two separate entities. Alma we see, shaloi b'shas malacha, nami is chibur. So even though it is not at the time of the malacha, the malacha was when they would do laundry, 
it's easier somehow to dry clean clothing that are attached to each other. So there's a purpose, there's a tachlis to them being connected. So when the tachlis are being connected, so then it makes sense to consider it connected. But the truth is, when you're taking it home, after you got it from the dry cleaners, there's no tachlis for it to be connected. Still, we still consider it connected, even though there's no purpose of it being connected. So that's one, and again, he's asking a stira. So we only have part A. There's no question yet. Part B is this question. Where Ramin will ask you a stira, the Mishnah Kalim says, now we're trying to find the case where you're only, you only consider it connected when it's, when it's there for a purpose. You have a makal, you have a, uh, a piece of wood. You use it as a handle, a cardaim for an axe. So you have an axe, you have a piece of metal, your blade, and you have a, a wooden handle. So halach is bishas malacha. While you're doing work with this axe, it's you know it, you know it's, it's working, it's doing work. So then that's considered attached. So let's say one either the handle or the axe became tame. The whole thing's tame. So bishas malacha, and that's only when it's at work. But let's say it's sitting in your garage. Shloi bishas malacha, and a dead frog, you know, or, or one of the shrubs and touches it. Shloi bishas malacha, loy. There would not be a problem. So I, you see from here that we only consider it a chibur when it's functioning together. When it's no longer functioning, that's not called chibur. So the Gemara says, I'm a Hasam, when it comes to an axe, what people typically do is they didn't have, you know, the Home Depot axe. What they did was they would find a piece of wood, put it together. That's how you have the Gemara Makas. The Gemara Makas has many cases where a person kills someone by mistake because they're, they're busy chopping down a tree and the blade flies out because they didn't have, you know, uh, good kalim. What they did was they found a piece of wood, piece of metal, put it together, use it. So once they're done using it, they threw it in the garbage, and they found another piece of wood next time. So when shalei b'shas malacha, adam asri lezarka lebenetzim, a person would throw it, throw it back into the into the pile of wood. You wouldn't care about this specific handle, but hacha, by our case, by the begadim, so shalei b'shas malacha nami nichle. People don't mind. They don't mind having, you know, a bunch of shirts that are uh, attached to each other hanging out in the car. Why? Because it will get dirty. It gets dirty, they got to send it back to the cleaners. So they don't care that it happens to be attached to each other. So it's not typical that they're going to quickly untie it as soon as possible. So since people are happy with the connection, so then we do consider it connected even Shaloi B'Shas Mil Chama. Okay, let's keep going. They said the following Gemara in the name of Chistos. This was in Sura. However, in Pumpadisa, some said it was in the name of Rava. Who is the one that says that anything that's anything that's attached to it, we consider it as if it's one unit. Now, the first halacha that would come up is Tahara. That's your classic example of why we care if something's attached or not attached. So who's the one that says that? So I'm the Marav, Reb Meir, this is Shita of Reb Meir, the time we went to the Mishnah on Kalim, base Hapach, you had a, uh, a Kali that was a receptacle for your jar of oil, your Pach Shemin, from your Hanukkah story, your jar of oil, will base a Tavlin, and you had your uh, or Kali that they would put in your the spices, or base Hanar, something they would hold a candle, or Shabakira. You had these things that were put in a Kira, so they had these drawers, in a um, in a oven, for some reason that's they put everything together, so they're all attached. So the halach is metamin bimaga. So let's say, so you have your kli cheres um, oven, 
and you have a drawer that's adjacent to it, it's attached. So halacha is like this. It's metam and bimagra. So let's say the oven became tame. So then this adjacent base atavlin, base haner, base apach, also becomes tame. But for some reason, the ain metam and ba'avr. Let's say the sherets only went into the avr, only went into the airspace of your uh, of your oven. So halacha is by kli cheres. If it goes in the airspace, it becomes tame. For some reason, according to our mayor, only the oven becomes tame, but the other parts. You know, the bells and whistles, the base of the base of Tavlin, the base of Nair, they do not become Tame. That's the opinion of our mayor. Seemingly, that, you know, when it's attached, it's not really called attached. Divir However, he is Machmir when it, it's Mago, when, it, when the actual, when the Sharas actually touch the inside of the, of the oven, it will be Tame. Rab Shimon, Rab Shimon holds Matar is Mutter entirely. So the Gemara says like this: Mishlam of the Rab Shimon. I understand according to Rab Shimon, Kasava Laf Kikira Damu, that the attachment, all these bells and whistles, are not considered part of the oven. And just because the oven became tame, doesn't mean everything else became tame. El Rab Meir, make up your mind. E Kikira Damu. If it's in fact like a Kira, if it is like the oven, part of the oven, so if the sherets just went into the airspace of the klicheres, but didn't actually touch it, shouldn't everything become tame? And when you tell me if it's not like the oven, so even when it touched it, it should not become tame. Sigmar says, really it's not like a kira. So why in fact does our mayor say it's tame? That when you have these uh, drawers adjacent, you know, right next, attached to this oven, and the oven became tame through maga, so then the drawers become tame as well. So the Gemara says, obvious question. If it's all so let them say it's tame as well, even if it merely just went into the average, went into the airspace. So what's the difference? <laughs> So consider it attached to the Rabbanon for all halachas. So the Gemara says, we had this a few times before. So the Gemara says, and uh, Chaim Kutov is going to ask me the same question, which I don't know, I don't know the tariffs to it yet, but it's a good question. <laughs> Hold on, Chaim. So what's the tariffs of Duhu Rabbanon Hekera? The Rabbanon made a heker. Meaning, whenever we say, or 99% of the time, when we say that there is Tumah Midrabanan, we don't say it's 100% Tame. We say it's Tame, but you can't treat it totally like Tame. What does that mean? There's a concept that if something becomes Tame, a person's not allowed to burn Truma. You can't burn Truma unless it's Tame. But let's say it's only Tame Midrabanan. I'm not allowed to burn the truma. I can't burn kachim. So the Gemara, many times, will say, we have this in Mesechtas Nida, we had it in Mesechtas Brachos, we had it in Mesechtas Shabbos already, that the Chacham will make a hacker, they'll give you some halacha, some kula, that will remind you that this tuma does not have the level of tame midaraisa. Why? And in order to make, to ensure that you're not going to burn truma and kachim uh, uh, based on this tuma. So how are we going to remember? We're going to remember that it's only Tomei B'maga and not B'avir. So Chaim uh, had, had a question way back, many daf ago, we'll look at the, uh, the text messages. He had a question, when, many daf ago we had a, an example where the Gemara, in fact, did seem like a person would actually burn Kachim or Truma based on Xeris uh, Durabanan. So in that case, if I recall correctly, that wasn't a Takana. That was really a Suffolk Midaraisa. In that case, Midaraisa, it is tar, but there is a potential for Tumadaraisa. So Rashi said, in that case, Chacham can say 
that you would burn Trumor or Kachim, but typically they wouldn't. Either way, good question. But we'll continue. Turn around. Misparish prakim. You had these scissors. So your typical scissors, you have two blades that you would, you know, attach together. The ismal shall rehitni, and you had this carpenter's blade, which was also attached when, when you were working. You would take the blade, attach it to this board, and you would use it to, to cut different things. So the halach is chirulotoma. If one piece of this, let's say one of the blades of the scissor become tame, the other blade is tame as well. It is considered one keli. Chibur l'toma, but ve'en chibur l'haza. Let's say this, this uh, scissors was tame mace. Halach is, it needs the sprinkling of the mechatas. You need to sprinkle both sides. You need to sprinkle the side of, of you know, of both blades, even though the blades are attached. Still, it's ain chibur l'haza. It doesn't work for the sprinkling of the paraduma. So the Gemara says this obvious question. Manavshach, pick one. If it's if it's attached, afilu haza nami. Ilav chibruhu if it's not attached. So then afilu tuma nami loy. So then it shouldn't automatically become tummy when one of the blades became tummy. So amarava tvar tayra midaraisa b'shas melacha while it's actually you know, doing work, it's functioning. So it's called chibur ben l'tuma ben l'haza. That's called a connection. But the connection only lasts while it's working. So actually, just saw this in Pirkei Avos. Uh, last week, there's a Mishnah that says, uh, you know, buy yourself a friend. So the Rambam is in his uh, Pirish on, on Avos, so he quotes from Aristotle, He's, he quotes Aristotle, and he says that there are different types of love, and he says the lowest level love is Oyev Tayelas. You love someone for a specific purpose, and he says once the Tayelas is gone, let's say a business partner, then there's no more, there's no more Hebrew, there's no more connection. So you see this Gemara, you know, saying the same thing. These two blades are forming a scissor, but it's only when bishas malacha, when it's actually doing malacha together. So it's a ahava l'tayelas. Once the tayelas is gone, they're not they're not cutting anything. There's no more connection. You know, you hope people have uh, deeper connections than this in life, but. There's a basic level called ahava l'tayelas. So it's called chibur bein l'tama bein It's called attached, but that's only b'shas malacha. V'shulvoy b'shas malacha. When it's no longer functioning together and doing something, ain't a chibur. Midaraisa, that's not called a chibur. Your chibur is only l'tayelas. L'tama v'l'haza. However, we have some xeris to Rabbanon. Similar, we had before. V'gazra Rabbanon, tuma, shalai b'shas malacha. V'chamin xeris that this is Tama even Shalai B'Shas Malacha because the person would not be able to differentiate. One day he's going to call the Rav, he says, okay, the frog touched the scissor. One day he's going to ask me which half of the scissor. The next day he's not going to ask me. Loi plug. We're not going to be able to differentiate it. One day I was using it to cut my chicken. The next day I wasn't using it. It's always a chibur l'tuma. So then, even if a person is, is literally cutting scissors while they're sprinkling the mechatas on the scissor, so it's chibur, it's connected, Chacham were concerned that nobody would realize why in your case it's tar, so, and and. In someone else's case, it wouldn't be tar because that person, his scissor were just sitting on the table. So therefore, even if you sprinkle the mechatas on the scissors while it's working, so it's technically midaraisa, it's cool connected, we say that's not cool connected midarabanan, and therefore, you would have to sprinkle both sides, both blades of your scissor. Okay, shkoyach.